tickets, drive 155 miles one way to get to the concert. While we're at the concert, out comes Willie. The music begins. I didn't know he was such an accomplished guitarist. The guy's in his 80s, and he plays phenomenally, played phenomenally, phenomenally well. Sitting somewhere in this huge crowd over to our right was a lady who had clearly been to quite a pre-concert party. (laughs) The music's going on. She starts making a scene. She's yelling, yelling to the point that everybody in this large auditorium can hear, I love you, Willie! On and on she goes. The people around her, first, you know what we do at first. There's first the eye rolling, looking at those beside you that you came with. Well, that didn't work. She kept going, I love you, Willie. Eyes rolling. And finally, the people around her started saying, Ma'am, just, we came to hear Willie. Not you yelling. Didn't slow her down a bit. She keeps on yelling. The ushers finally come up and say, Ma'am, you really need to be quiet. Did not slow her down a bit. Eventually, security shows up, and they exit her from the building. Now, why were we telling that woman to hush? It's because we wanted to hear Willie, not her yelling. So that's why we wanted her to be quiet. Maybe that's some of the reason why the crowd said to Bartimaeus, be quiet. After all, Jesus might say something as he's passing by and they would have wanted to hear whatever it is that Jesus had to say. That might have been some of the reason, but I really think that there is a deeper reason why the crowd told Bartimaeus, be quiet, just just hush. And it is this. You have to understand, we're talking about a first century Jewish Old Testament mindset among the crowd. In the Jewish first century mindset, quite different from our 21st century mindset. In their mindset, someone who was blind, they would have considered to be blind because the judgment of God, the punishment of God was resting upon them. We can hear this more clearly through the lens of the passage out of John's Gospel chapter 9. Where Jesus is asked by his disciples in the instance of another blind man, they asked Jesus, his disciples did, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sin or the sin of somebody else? In that place, in that day, they believed that sins could be visited, my sin could be visited on my progeny up to four generations removed from me. We find this listed in places like Exodus 34 and Deuteronomy 5. Up to four generations removed from me, they could bear the punishment for my sin. 
That's what led to the disciples, what sounds to us a very strange question. Why was this man born blind? His sin or maybe his dad's, maybe his granddad's? They were convinced that Bartimaeus was blind because the punishment of God was resting upon him. That, I firmly believe, is the main reason they said to him, Hush! Be quiet! God has nothing for you. You're rightly bearing the weight of sin. It might not have been yours. Maybe it was your dad's. Maybe it was your granddad's. But you are rightly bearing the weight of sin. So you hush. God has no mercy for you. Then Jesus does something that would have been astonishing to the gathered crowd. He stops, points out Bartimaeus, the very one they would have perceived as being the least deserving of anything from God. Jesus says of Bartimaeus, bring him here. That one, the least deserving of all around, bring him to me. You know how the story rolls forward from there. Jesus heals him. He who the crowd would have thought to be the least deserving of the bunch receives grace, mercy, healing. From the hand of Jesus. Here's where this passage greatly challenges me. As I look back across my years of walking with Jesus, sometimes I've watched myself look more like the crowd, comfortably deciding who's ready for God's grace and who isn't? Because I have left to my own. I got a pretty clear view of that. Of who God ought to bless and who he ought not to. I can help God a lot in that regard. I know a woman whose husband decided to leave her and take up with another family. They soon separated and eventually would divorce. This woman had taught Sunday school faithfully in her church for years. She had been on the evangelism committee for a number of years. Church decided that, I'm not sure you should serve in that capacity anymore. Sometimes I look More like the crowd. It's a dangerous thing for me to decide who Jesus is ready to show grace to. Before I decide that, it helps me to filter that choice through Ephesians chapter 2. What I got from God, I didn't get because I earned it. We're saved not by works, lest anyone should boast, but by grace. I need to remember that. I need to remember the passage out of Romans 15 that says, Welcome one another 
as Jesus welcomed you. As I think of my own story of how and when Jesus welcomed me, I was a 17-year-old that had become bitter beyond my years towards the world. Decided the world was just not a real gentle place. So I would handle it. Here was my strategy. I would handle it by shutting the world out. Jesus found me before I got that right. That's how Jesus welcomed me. That's how I need to welcome someone else. It's sometimes easy for me, and I've watched myself look like the crowd as opposed to looking like Jesus. It's a powerful thing when we get it right, when I get it right, when, when we look like Jesus and, and extend amazing grace into our church came a young man named Mike. Happened to live just down the street in Kill Devil Hills from where Julie and I were living in the time. Interesting how he got to the church. He got to the church because he was walking sideways into the door. He was walking sideways into the door because his wife was pulling him into the church by one ear. She was a confirmed believer in Jesus. He was a dedicated agnostic. Agnostic believes there is a God, there is something out there beyond us, you just can't know what it is. That's what an agnostic believes. Ag against the prefix gnosis from the Greek word gnosis, knowledge, agnostic against knowledge. You can't have, there's your language lesson for the day, you can thank me later for that. But he was a confirmed agnostic. Something's out there, we just can't know what it is. So when we start talking about knowing God through Jesus and seeing God clearly because He's shown up among us in flesh through Jesus, He just he wasn't ready to hear that. But He kept coming. He kept coming with His radical questions about the faith, the questions that would set Sunday school classes and Bible studies and preachers sometimes on edge. His questions were, were radical and disturbing at times. But this group decided they would be Jesus to that guy. He needed grace even though he didn't have it right. He didn't have his belief system right. We'd love him right where he was, so we did. Across time, an amazing thing happened with Mike. He started volunteering to help with some of the, the setup and takedown of the church and to help set up for the children's ministry. Anything going on that we needed done, we could call Mike and he would be right there because these people just loved him. I remember the day when the service was over, he kind of lingered to the side those because he wanted to, to talk to me for a minute. Uh, you might not think that preachers know what you're doing when you're doing that, but we see, yeah, we know what, what you're doing. So he was hanging out to the side as folks were filtering out, and when it was just he and I, 
He said, do you have a book that could explain to me in really simple terms what Jesus is all about? Well, that to a preacher is like saying sick him to a bulldog. I said, glad you asked. Yes, I do. So I put in his hands a copy of Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Faith. He was drawn near because the people loved him with the love of Jesus. They showed him grace right where he was even while he was standing in the middle of being wrong. They loved him right. It's a powerful thing when I look like Jesus. The surprise of this scripture is that Jesus picks out the least likely one in the crowd and heals him, him, Bartimaeus. He's rightly bearing the weight of God's displeasure so the crowd would have thought in their first century mindset, but he is the one that receives grace. I am thankful for grace like that. Grace that first found me when I was 17. Grace that I still need not one ounce less today. It's a powerful thing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, all God's people together said, Amen. Amen.